ATC Talks. To me, you are uh, my favorite professor from the Berlin School. Uh, I was so privileged and honored and happy that you were there when I started my um, with my class, class 18. And then I was very sad when you left. But I was okay, so that's just the last, or maybe uh, I think that was just just one module that I didn't have you. Uh, that was Asia. But anyways, um, but. If I were to introduce you, uh, I would probably do a, a misservice. Maybe you could do that yourself. So, who are you? Uh, what are you doing right now? Uh, what are you doing in Vilnius? <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Romantis, for the, the, the very kind words. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you and, and working with you at the, the Berlin School of, of Creative Leadership. Um, I have still a very strong association with the school. I started teaching there in 2008. Uh, I served as academic director for uh, nearly a decade, uh, stepped down uh, beginning of 2019, although I continued to teach and uh, after the school uh, was um, was sold to the longtime academic partner Steinbeis University. Uh, I also took on uh, the role of an advisor and continued to do that for the for the EMBA program. So very proud of that uh, association. I'm also um, uh, on the faculty at the Thunderbird School of Global Management at Arizona State University, uh, where I teach leadership and strategic management courses. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm an independent executive coach, which I've been doing now for 13 years. Um, and I'm very interested in uh, educational futures. And so uh, I want wherever I can and wherever it's potentially valuable to contribute to, I guess, what would be ed tech or uh, educational startups, and uh, I'm very happy to be in Vilnius. It's it's my first visit, and it's it seems lovely. Uh, and it's not. It's not. Ah, there's crap and all, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you're very polite. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I um, I'm here to record um, a uh, a first season, as we're calling it, of um, uh, the C schools. Uh, new uh, productions about creative leadership and C-School, the C-School is uh, one of these uh, educational startups that I myself am involved in and uh, so happy to be here for that and see some old friends <laughs> and uh, certainly to, uh, to, to meet with, uh, with people who are committed to being great creative leaders. Yeah, I'm happy that, you know, I using uh, nepotism and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, connections. I, I got to be one of the guinea pigs, the audience yeah. for your course. So I could- I wasn't involved in that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could binge watch the whole season one uh, from the first row, right. which was cool. Uh, although a bit uh, hurtful to my uh, button. <laughs> no, thank you for yeah. being there. Yeah. Uh, Good so to have a friendly face in the front row. <laughs> I was taking notes. <laughs> very thoroughly um, and obviously the whole day you spent talking about so I'm, I'm very sorry that I'm making you talk even more about this but I, I promise that won't be long <laughs> no 
very and now you can sit down. Very so happy to. That's right. Um, but you spend the whole day talking about leadership, and I was wondering, what is uh, your most favorite uh, definition of of this term? What is leadership for you? I don't know if I have a single definition of leadership. Top three. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the kind of you know Akira Kurosawa, the great film director, uh, which I, who, who I otherwise would not compare myself to. He was once asked what um, what one of his films was about, and he said, "If I could tell you, I wouldn't have had to make the film." <laughs> and um, in a way, like I, I've, again, you you heard me talk for a day, and I don't know if there's a. A, a crystalline uh, definition there. Um, I will, um, I, with full attribution, I might um, say that one of the best definitions of leadership, particularly creative leadership, uh, is one that um, I shared earlier, which comes from uh, Keith Reinhardt, who I just had the great pleasure of seeing again after years in Munich uh, last week. And you know his definition is inspiring others to do what needs to be done, and uh, I think that's as a brief definition about as good as it gets. Um, I did make one addition uh, in the you know in the session earlier, and uh, quoted another great uh, management thinker, Jim Collins, who um, wasn't speaking directly about Keith, but could have been when um, he, he said that uh, great leaders need to embrace uh, through their vision uh, uh, what it is that, that needs to be done. So I think that defining uh, uh, further what, um, what Keith said is helpful because I think in many ways as the world um, becomes or remains incredibly complex and difficult and, and, and challenging, uh, a lot of what um, leaders need to do is um, make sense of very complex environments, the uncertainty of the future, and uh, I think they, need, they do that and then they inspire others to do what, um, what needs to be done in that in that environment. I would just throw in that uh, along with Collins, um, while there's a, there's, a constant, there's a constant procession of new approaches to leadership, a lot of which are really terrible, uh, one which strikes me as terribly interesting um, comes from New Zealand and it's called wayfaring leadership. And it ultimately comes from a Maori um, tradition of how um, ocean um, uh, uh, boating these are these are kayaks they're not they're not sailboats um, how it is that those in the boat find their way in the open water and I, I find that quite extraordinary because I think where we are today. And maybe it's always been the case again with the uncertainty of the future, but where we are today requires a commitment to finding one's way and leading others to what they believe, what the leader and others collectively believe is, is uh, the right direction. And so I think that I would combine that with Jim Collins in, uh, as prelude to, uh, uh, to Keith Reinhardt 
rather complicated, sorry, Montes, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my thinking about definitions. You know, I was thinking there are so many styles of leadership. Uh, so the, the definition provided by uh, Keith Reinhardt, which category would that, uh, would that fall into? Uh, well, I, he, Keith is certainly a transformational leader. Uh, he wants to, uh, and again, I can't speak for him, but I always learn from him after you know, hearing him talk now for 15 years. I've been fortunate enough. And he's a transformational leader. He's a humble leader. He is a, uh, a leader who, using a different characterization, uh, leads from behind. Um, and again, for situations he's been in, he's been enormously successful at that. Some there are leaders from the front, leaders from the side. Uh, he likes to quote uh, the Chinese sage Lao Tzu, who um, says that great leadership uh, occurs when the people having, uh, you know, finished a task, um, say, yes, we have done it ourselves. And I think that's, again, Keith's humility, but it also, it's a very, um, uh, it is, it, it's transformational in the sense that uh, the leader is enabling and empowering uh, uh, people, teams, groups, uh, to be able to really lead themselves and accomplish great things themselves. Now, when, when you uh, give examples, it, it, you get the feeling that, so leaders are the ones that have many followers. They're like great warriors, generals, or they lead big companies, corporations. Is that true? Is leadership only meant for uh, people with authority, people in high positions? I would initially say that uh, in several creative industries, I think that there's an unfortunate organizational pressure for you know, creative people to move into leadership positions. I mean, to some extent in agencies, in businesses, Someone who is very successful uh, as a creative, wins awards, works with, with top clients, they are rewarded uh, by being given leadership roles. So a creative becomes a creative director or an ECD or a CCO, whatever it might be. And in many cases, that is the only or at least the only major opportunity that they have for promotion and in many cases more pay. Um, I think that's great in a way for those who want to to take on those roles. Uh, I do think that it's unfortunate that in some places and for some people, that is the the main way forward, uh, and it's not possible to really focus on craft, uh, really focus on that creative work um, uh, as a as an ongoing. Um, pursuit. And again, I'm generalizing, but I think that, that that's a real real problem for people and it can be discouraging because there's not a lot of mobility, at least in many, in many places. That all aside, in uh, more direct answer to your question, my great friend and, and actually predecessor at the Berlin School as the academic director, uh, Doug Guthrie. Doug uh, has talked for a while and I completely subscribe to this and, and we've done some work together on the idea of what he initially called everyday leadership, 
where, uh, again, answering your question, it's precisely not uh, right to talk about leadership in terms of um, you know, only being in the corner office or reaching a certain level of seniority or having a certain number of, of direct reports. Um, but rather, there is leadership that can be practiced, and I'm a great believer in everyday practice of leadership, but leadership that can be practiced by anyone. Um, and in fact, I'd go so far as to say that um, this practice of leadership in many cases begins with self-leadership. How do I lead myself? That's about certainly uh, better awareness of who I am. It's about uh, engagement with my everyday decisions, even if those seem insignificant in the larger scheme of, of uh, you know, very senior leaders. Uh, that's about um, um, uh, leading oneself rather than worrying again about how many people you have on your team or in your organization. Yes, all of those are more traditional signs of leadership, but um, as you know, I'm a great believer in um, uh, self-reflection, insights, outsights, and um, that's about one's own ongoing personal growth and, and development. And to me, um, being able to grow and develop uh, as an individual leader starts with the self. This one uh, definition that stuck with me since the time I heard, I think I heard it from you at the Berlin School, and maybe you were quoting Adrian Shaw, I'm not remember, but there was this definition where it said that a leader is anyone who's taking initiative. It was so simple, so pure, and if you take initiative, it doesn't matter if you already have followers, if you have authority or not, but you can gain Uh, followers and authority with the followers yeah, yeah. and with all the achievements because of the initiative that you take uh, it sort of put everything in place you know because yeah. I, I had the, these doubts about even studying leadership because it sort of says that okay so there are these privileged people and then there are common people <laughs> you know somehow they're worse so yeah. um, and I would you know um, dismiss this belief and they're like, ah, oh, that's no, it can't be. So this definition kind of uh, rehabilitated the whole. That's great. No, I'm so glad to, that that uh, has stayed with you and had had a uh, great impact. Uh, yeah, he, I, I think he's right. And I think that uh, creative leaders in particular, um, they suffer from the burdens of um, different leadership mythologies. So uh, there are the mythologies of the, you know, the leader in the corner office, huge budgets, um, hundreds, thousands of, of people um, uh, that they're responsible for. The creative leaders in particular are dealing with two mythologies in particular. One is of the great man school, and it is gendered, the great man school coming out of the 19th century of military and political, maybe arts leaders. Uh, and, you know, larger than life, you know, giving great speeches from the mountaintop, uh, leading lots of lots of people to form a nation, to lead an army, whatever it might be. At the same time, creatives and creative leaders 
have to uh, deal with the burden of this kind of romantic mythology of uh, creative artistry being the result of you know uh, uh, individuals being touched by heavenly fire and so you know it's the, this exactly what you said on both sides there is an implication that leaders and creatives they're anointed mm-hmm. they you know these are these are um, you know talents or gifts or abilities that are heaven sent and you combine those two and I think that it's it's very difficult again particularly in the creative industries particularly for those who are creative or or um, creative leaders or future creative leaders um, I think that um, they need to get beyond these mythologies and these burdens and exactly as you say take initiative or as Doug would say um, uh, understand um, yourself better today take decisions today that um, uh, confirm who you are who you want to be make you a better contributor to to your team again I think there are a lot of future creative leaders out there who may think oh well you know I'm just doing my design work or my post-production whatever it is I'm just doing technical work that's sometimes where it starts but understand that you that um, doing that work you still have choices and it's in those choices uh, that you can exercise your leadership because again um, for me leadership begins with the with the self whether it's about understanding or initiative or any of the, the decisions you're making or actions you're taking with that we can finish okay because <laughs> I think you've done an additional episode no, no. <laughs> already uh, so to. yeah it's I think it's a good message for the listeners to stay tuned and see the development of the C school and maybe uh, you know join subscribe and, and learn um, because everyone can be a leader everyday leader uh, and um, thank you very much thanks for much really appreciate <laughs> the opportunity it's great seeing you Hey, DC Talks.